You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome back to the latest edition of the Scottish Football Show, the first show of 2022. Happy New Year to all our viewers and our subscribers. Thanks very much for tuning in. I'm Scott McPike. It's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. Joined as always by Mark Wilson. Mark, happy New Year. How are we? Thanks, Scott. It's good to be back. Uh, a lot of talking points over the festive period, especially without even the Premier League games, but looking forward to getting stuck into it. Absolutely, it's going to be a busy show. We're also joined by Shankers. Shankers, welcome back to the show. I'm good, Scott. Good to be back. As Walton says, we've had a wee break, so there's, there's plenty to catch up on. We have had a winter break. This winter break was planned and didn't, <laughs> didn't result in any changes of plan. Let's just get into the, the talking points over the past few weeks. Obviously, we were expecting we want a break to be pretty quiet. And it's not. Obviously, we know the, the government decided to due to the obviously the pandemic, the new variant, to limit the crowds back to 500 fans and the winter break was pulled forward by the clubs. Most of them agreed that the winter break should be pulled forward. Wilson, we didn't expect this to be obviously happening. What's been your overall kind of thoughts on it and did the clubs make the right decision to bring the winter break forward? Again, I think a lot of it comes down to what we're told. Um, again, none of us here... Um, or doctors or scientists, whatever, that can um, give, give these answers. But I, some, some of the things that's, that's been going on, I always think Boxing Day is probably the biggest day uh, in the Scottish football calendar. Yeah. <clears throat> that and maybe it used to be Scottish Cup third round day when I was a lot younger. That was always a big day as well, early January. Again, if you look at, you know, over the pandemic and things, loads of times. However, I'll be honest, I... Just cannot see, and I know it would be unfair, but I just cannot see the logic in 500 supporters uh, at a game. I, I can't see the logic. A good friend of mine had his wee boy, he was one of the lucky, well, I would call him unlucky, one of the lucky ones that was at Ibrooks, and he's, he's, he's putting stuff in his social media page of him and his wee boy at Ibrooks. I forget who they were playing, apologies for that. And I'm thinking, why could they not have even... 500 in the top tier of the governing stand and 500 in the bottom. And same again, Copeland, Brimland. And you know, at your least giving these guys that spend a lot of money on season tickets and all that, the opportunity. It, it just look, it looks terrible. And it looks, it actually it looks even worse if they just close the stadiums. I just right. think it looks completely shambolic. The same, I'm sure they could separate these guys in certain, certain areas and all that. And it, I think it just looks terrible. Did the government make a state? Well, I don't think really that's that, that's for us to judge. Um, but as I say, the Boxing Day calendar was, you know, it was it was pretty it was pretty poor from from that point of view, and a lot of disappointed seasons. Well, for, for for every team, you know, for every team, I'm not just picking out you know teams with big stadiums, but you know, even even at Rugby Park, you know, you could you could spread out three four thousand, you know, no problem safely with different entrances and exits, you know, to, to go on with that. So. I, I would say, you know, a, mis a mistake from the government. I don't get the 500-person rule. I really just don't get it. It's as if they went, five, like, 500 is a round number, right? We'll just go with that. <laughs> I think that's one of the yeah, two complete things. complete guess. Aye, the one, that's one of the two things I've kind of noticed that 
if it's 500 fans, then it's 500 for it's Rangers and Celtic, which holds 50,000, and it's 500 for, say, Dorai kind of thing. It's the same same number, different stadiums kind of thing. That's about the, one of the things I was confused about. The second thing is, if they're going to move the... Obviously, they move the winter break back three weeks, and it's going to kick off next Monday, and they're going to have an announcement that day. It's weird, it's strange to think they're going to go from 500 to full stadium straight away. It's, it doesn't strike me as something they're going to do, Shankers. Aye, that, that was one of the things when it was announced to start where they were giving fans the best possible chance of returning uh, for, for after the winter break. And I just thought anybody with the least bit of common sense say that I'll be shocked if it goes for 500 to full passage straight away. Although, when you're looking at numbers and stuff like that coming on the news, nothing's really, nothing's really, like, the numbers are only dropping, which which means, like, oh, it was the right decision. It doesn't seem as if anything's changed. So it just shows that the, the decision didn't really have to take place in the first place. Three years down the road, it, from a bit to, to Newcastle, probably just as much as going up to Aberdeen and, and there's 60,000 people there and there's 500 folk at Aberdeen. It just doesn't really make sense. I don't know how they couldn't have, as, as they said, based it on capacity of ground, So, which they done. I'm sure they done that at some point last year when they were, were bringing it in. Well, the Ayrshire uh, Derby, the first game of the season. Pre-season. United fans there. But, but there easily could have been. And that's a good point that Shankers makes. You've probably seen from my social media page. I was at Old Trafford on the 3rd of January. You're watching the darts over Christmas as well. Like and, incredible. That. And like I would have counted in one hand how many folk I saw in my folk were looking at me. Yeah, exactly. I'm wearing a mask and, and my wee boy. And looking, I was going, oh, they were masked for. The place was bouncing. They were singing. The hotel, bar and restaurant. Well, looking at me as if I had two heats with a mask on. Because not no one was caring down there. Absolutely no one was caring down there. And as I say, going back to the, the 500 points, surely every stadium, and I think it's a wee bit of distrust in the public as well. Aye. You know, they should be saying, right, you can go to this game, but you need to be safe. So if there's, you know, 50,000 season ticket holders at Rangers, right, 25,000 can go, but you need to police yourselves. Yeah. You cannot be jumping over seats if you score a last-minute winner. And you trust the public. Trust, trust them to do that. And I know that maybe favours the big teams that they get twenty five thousand, and others might not get that capacity. But I, I find the whole the whole thing bizarre. But the the only thing I can say, I know you two guys might disagree, is if I was a Celtic or Rangers player or a Celtic or Rangers supporter, I would I wouldn't be wanting any old fun games unless it's maximum capacity. Aye, aye, yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. You, you don't want to uh, you don't want to be playing their games because last season. Last season was, from a neutral point of view, watching the football in general, it, it wasn't like I'd watching any of the games, eh, empty stadiums and stuff like that. I know there was crowd noise and all that, but he didn't really... But that was absolutely rubbish. And anybody that says they, they enjoyed that uh, is, is kidding themselves on. I it was good to football and good to talk about it and watch it, but if no crowds, is absolutely murder. And, and that's how when there's an England game, not an England game, but an English game on now, I'm glad to it because even just the weeks here, not as far as the Arsenal, they are not not as far as scoring the goal and the crowds are getting yeah. up here. It's it's mm-hmm. I just I really don't get it. I, 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 there's no really too much 
helps you you can say uh, on it because we don't really know the ins and outs of uh, and even and, and I always think about now again, it doesn't matter who wins it or whatnot, but even the when Rangers won the league, the celebrations outside Ibrox, going along Glasgow, the the, the George Square, those, those are the statistics I want to see. I want them to turn to say, right, from that occasion, a thousand people get COVID, 999 of them were at George Square, 990 times were outside Ibrox. There was no difference to those punters being outside Ibrox or in the seats watching them. Mm. And the way I look at it, and it was the same as I think, I think it was a Spurs player. It was a young boy scored against my the Old Trafford. And there's, his parents can't even there to see him do that. Know. You know, all the guys, like, just say, for example, let's just say Joe Rebo. He might only win one league at Rangers. And no one's there to see it. Like, no, none of the fans. And it, I know they won it and it was 10 in a row. It stopped all that stuff. But some you could hit the pinnacle of your career and no one's there to see it. And it's... It, I, I find it was a wee bit disrespectful. Mm, look at Liverpool um, as well. The, Liverpool's first league. Aye, Liverpool, and I know the world needs to try to keep moving to some sort, but again, if, if there's no fans here for me, it's a, it's a farce. It's a, it really is a farce. We'll obviously keep everyone up to date with the latest situation regarding this. It's going to be another week. I think it's the 16th of January is going to be the announcement. I think Celtic play Hibs that night, so we'll... It'll be if it's going back to full time, it'll be a it'll be a bit Albert of a bit come out of sweating on this statement. Aye. They're wanting a full capacity. <laughs> exactly. We'll touch on that a wee bit later on in the show, but we'll get into some transfer business. Obviously, January's the month of transfers, and it's been a busy period so far. Celtic have been a club who have been pretty busy to start off the transfer window. Three Japanese players have arrived in. Daisen Maida's arrived in a loan deal. Yuzuki Hidaguchi and Rio Hatake have both joined as well. And a fourth deal for Johnny Kenny from Sligo Rovers, plus a likely fifth deal from Riley McGree of uh, Charlotte from the USA. So, well, since Postacoglu is certainly getting business done early, you've been impressed by how quickly they've, they've operated to get players in the door? I mean, I, th- I think the, the rumours of the, the three Japanese fellas were, you know, I think they were... Um, that was quite kind of done before Christmas as such. I think they were just waiting um, until the transfer window opened. Again, I always think you, you don't know much about J-League football, let's be honest. And when you go Kyogo and you think, oh, this guy, this guy's really good and this guy's done this, this guy's done that and he's kind of hit the grounds on him. Will every player do that when you sign? I don't know. Um, but it'll, be, it'll certainly will be interesting. I think, I think the positive thing for Celtic fans is it seems as if Postacoglu is making these signings. Yeah, it's not, it's not Nicky Hammond, you know, just signing any any dud from anywhere to justify his position. He left his job recently at Newcastle. Was that right? I think was he at Newcastle uh, or was he going to be, Newcastle? After, after his performance, I think, just, I think he's just been appointed. Uh, well, they'll they'll do well in the Championship next year. I think <laughs> if he's going to do with the signings, uh, they'll be in League One two years if he's if he's involved. Um, but that, so that's that's the positive. Again, you know, you look at these guys, and you, I know every signing is a gamble, but signing guys from you know MLS teams, Charlotte, you know, I think Celtic Rangers not above that. Now these guys might turn out to be brilliant, you know, a wee bit a time in Scottish football toughens them up and they, they turn really good. Um, but see, I, I still think Celtic maybe need one or two kind of marquee household names. Uh, to try and uh, bridge the six-point gap that, that, that's there just now. As I say, but again, we might be totally surprised, um, I say, in the, the, the Japanese guys and the, 
and the ones that they've signed might be great, but as I say, I still think Celtic be one or two tried and tested big names in and to try and claw back their six points. Shankers, any word on Celtic's transfer business? Uh, Walton kind of kind of covered it all. It's just it's a bit of the unknown into it, and as Wilson said, maybe like uh, signing players like Joe Hart and stuff like that. Like I know Duffy didn't work out, but it was it was players that, that people knew and had seen in previously. And I mean, Celtic fans will be hoping every one of them turns out and hits the ground running just as good as what Kyogo did, because nobody really knew much about him before he came. So it is, it is one of them that it gets a kind of, it could go really, really well, or it could go pear-shaped. And obviously, if if say if, if one of them does that and another four, you get away with it. But if if there's two, three, two or three of them uh, don't hit the, no, don't hit the ground running, so they're not going to come out and score a barrel load. But if they don't start performing well, because it's a big season uh, for them, that they're still. I think it I don't know what points. I think it might be six points or something in it. So it it, it still I'm still close to Rangers. So uh, I think they needed players in though when when you've seen some of their games and you've seen the bench and stuff like that, it, it, it lacked and they only lacked quality, it lacked like quantity of players. There was there was a lot of players who uh, were coming up through the youth that that one I don't think they were it was on merit. I think it was because they didn't have, have a squad. Almost so a few of them has went, went out and loan as we've seen in, in Portugal goes brought in players. Uh, he he obviously knows for when I mean, he's been managing in, in Japan and and it's obviously players that he, he trusts as well and, and believes that they're good enough to do a job and if and if they come over and and if they'll start half as good as what Kyogo did, we'll do all right for Celtic. I think that's I think that's what Wilson said it there. Obviously, it looks as if Postacoglu is making the signings. It's different to last year, obviously, when you had people there behind the scenes who looked as if it was they were bringing players in for the manager. I think that is it shows you there is a bit of a difference and a bit of a better kind of process for the manager can pick the players. But we'll move on to Rangers there. One of their biggest obviously transfer sagas was the, the deal with Nathan Patterson that Wilson actually called in the last show, which was very good for Wilson there picking that out. But Everton did sign him. We believe the deal was 12 to 13 million pound up front with a few million extra in add-ons that could potentially I think it's to do with appearances. Wilson, you called it obviously the passing deal. What's your overall kind of thoughts on it? Oh, I, I think I think it's a it's a great deal for, for all parties, really, to be honest. With you. I think he's a really smashing emerging talent. Um, although it would amaze me to see what Stephen O'Donnell's worth now as Scotland's first choice <laughs> right back. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, and, and, and as I say, a deal for any Scottish player for that amount of money is, is fantastic. Yeah. He wasn't first choice at Rangers, you know, and Tavernier's going to nail that spot on his own. I know he's, and he's only made, you know, 20, 25 appearances um, for Rangers, but crazy for the kid to knock it down. I think if you get any deal from the Premiership and Especially, I can probably a top ten, top twelve team anyway, um, and I think I think it suits all parties. Um, I can't see any situation where he wouldn't. Be, I know he was a sub at the weekend, but he's just signed. I can't see you know not playing. You know that, that that's one thing I can see him starting there as well. As I say, it's a great thing for for Scotland as well, and obviously great for Rangers to get that kind of money. And the ga- the gamble Rangers had, I think, was. Did they did they play him? Did they maybe sell Tavernier for two or three million or whatever whatever he's worth? Um, 
and then play Patterson maybe for a full season and this time next year get, let's say, 20, 30. Or Tavernier could probably put Rangers another five or six years. You know, he's he's been good the last couple of seasons, you know, and then take the big money in for Patterson. So, as I say, I think it worked for all parties. Uh, I was surprised that there didn't seem, again, we don't know, you maybe need to speak to other people, but I was surprised there wasn't a kind of, maybe there was a bidding war. You know, I thought maybe a few more teams, but even from the speculation early in the season, Everton looked to be the kind of front runners. And as I say, good luck to him, because it's just, it's a good thing for Scotland. You know, you've now, actually now got uh, Robertson, Tierney, Patterson, Cooper, McGinn, you know, all, all playing in what I would say is probably the best league in the world in terms of entertainment and whatnot. So, um, great, great, great for all parties and a big hefty transfer fee for Rangers. So fair play. Shankers Wilson's going to say that again. It, it does seem a deal that makes a lot of sense for for all parties. Rangers obviously, uh, it's a good money. It's good money in their pocket considering that the last sale for that big price was probably kind of Nikita Yelovich. It shows you like it's a big sale for them. Nathan Patterson obviously has a chance to play in the Premier League. It just kind of seems to suit everybody, doesn't it? Uh, it does, and I think to, to get that money for for someone who who wasn't featured an awful lot, and it wasn't through his own fault. He wasn't playing it in the captain of the club was playing in his position, and it and it was awkward. And Wilson cut the nail on the head. It was probably getting to the point where Van Bronten horses like well, we either have to sell him or play him and drop the captain, and that just wasn't. He. Wasn't going to happen, so I think the move for for everyone uh, was was beneficial, and it would just be good to see him going down there and and getting a chance and playing and and no no there's no malice met in this whatsoever. But everyone's right back right now is is John Joe Kenny who come up here and loan it at Celtic and never really never really uh, kind of set the hell on fire. So. I think that he's got a real good chance of, of playing in there and and all like that. It's it's if you do well at, at Everton, then then where, where can you go? So it's it's a real good move for him. And, and Everton's one of the teams that you do see young players coming through their academy. I know he's moved for Rangers, but you see young players getting a chance there. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he gets a new chance. Just hope that the new manager that. The Everton bring in after the sat when he is uh, gives him a chance. <laughs> I, that, that's what I was just going to say. I was I, I, I was I was talking to somebody about this, and you, and you're thinking. I mean, as I say, I hope he goes to Everton, plays five years, whatever he does. But as you say, Benitez could be out the door. The new manager comes in and thinks, I don't really rate this boy. I don't really fan. No, no, it's. I'll say maybe eight to ten million. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to another team, you know, because I I thought at the start. When Van Bronckhurst came in, I thought a big statement from Van Bronckhurst would be stick Patterson in. Not, not that it's a big gamble, but put Patterson in, drop the Rangers he captain. Did, such, he, but... he, he tried him in kind of right midfield a couple of weeks. Like Aye, a lot of the time he was, he was bringing him on in front of it, but it was like when there was one goal in the Aye. game, it was almost as if he was safety in it, getting Getting a minutes on the pitch, but fair play to the kid. Aye, but it's a, it's obviously big for for Scottish football as well. A big a homegrown talent going for that amount of money. There's talk of Aaron Hickey as well potentially going to the the Premier League for a big bit of money as well. So there's a, obviously Scott. There's a lot of talent in Scottish football at the moment. Kilmarnock have a new manager and it is not Warren Feeney like we thought it was going to be a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. It is indeed Derek McInnes. Wilson, obviously. 
we were talking before, just after Tommy Wright was dismissed, that Kilmarnock needed a, a manager that was going to excite the support. Denny McInnes seems to be that guy. He seems to have kind of got a lot of excitement in the, the rugby park faithful. Well, I think if you check back your shows as well, Scott, when uh, our good friend Rory Alloy was on, before Tommy Wright gets the, get the job, I, 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 that's who I was campaigning for. But I'll be honest with you, and as I say, you have to give the board and James Fowler enormous credit. I, I thought it would be well without uh, Kilmarnock's reach. Um, but they've, they've, they've worked wonders to get him. He's brought in his own coaching team. Um, I would imagine he's going to bring in some of his own players off to a great start uh, yesterday down at Queen's. So, as I say, I, I, was, I was shocked. I mean, I, I wanted him. That, that, that's who I wanted. Now, if it falls in its face, I'm sure you guys in Rory will be the first ones to be on my case. Um, but I, I think I think it's a good move for Kilmarnock. I, I really do. It shows, it shows that wee bit um, a progress. That, but again, you know, we had this chat in the WhatsApp last night. You know, he, he won the game yesterday at Queen's. Um, and you look at the league table, Tommy Wright's record wasn't bad. You know, I, I, I think in other seasons, he could probably, probably count himself unlucky. But I think with the fans, it was the, the manner of the football. You know, obviously more fans are at home than away, and the home record was really poor. Um, so I think they kinda, the, the, the fans kind of were, were on the case about Tommy and he, he left the club. But um, I, I, think it's, I think it's a gamble for, for Derek, to be honest, because he's obviously used, when he was at Aberdeen, being in the upper areas of the, the Premier League. Um, I'm quite I'm quite confident. I have been all season, even when Tommy Wright was in charge. I was confident that Kelly would win the first of the championship um, and get us promoted. But ne- next year will be a big season for him. Um, again, some Kilmarnock fans will have the expectation they should be taking us out of the top six. We need to wait and see who he gets to sign if there's money available. But I think if he gets us up this year, keeps us in the Premier League, you know, safely, 10th and above, um, I, I think I'll be quite happy and then let's see how he goes the problem with that is Derek McInnes for me is a big name he's been linked with bigger jobs than Kilmarnock in the past because a couple of good seasons at Kilmarnock and then a possibly a bigger club would um, would come in for him as well but hopefully I think I think and this is just my opinion I think he's, he might be there for a few seasons and then might be a top replacement maybe to replace Sir Steve Clark when he gets the Brazil job so <laughs> That could be a big call. a big call for you. Yeah, that's, we'll, we'll go back to that. That's maybe a New Year's prediction. We'll, we'll go back to later on. Shankers, obviously, McInnes is obviously in at Kilmarnock, but here have got a new manager as well, and Lee Bull and a couple. Of, just, yeah, what's your overall thoughts on both of them? Yeah, I think Walton kind of covered Kilmarnock pretty well there. I think uh, when Tommy Wright was first appointed, I think if they got McInnes then, it, it would have been a, a brilliant signing. Obviously, Tommy Wright, Kilmarnock went down uh, under Tommy Wright and go and get someone who's probably a better manager than him when they're in a division below is somebody doing. I don't know who else was on the list, but there can't be many, many names closer to to what... No, I'm not saying what he's done in football, but for what he'd done with Aberdeen when he was there... Uh, Keeping them so consistent, we we almost a selling club as well, selling their yeah. best players year in year out, and, and still keeping them third and, and even second at, at some stages uh, as well. So to, to get him is, is a real a real coup, and 
I think I think Newcomer. I, I always believed that they were going to win the league. Uh, I know I tipped Hamilton at the start of the season, but after <laughs> after the first week, uh, I changed my mind. <laughs> uh, so I, I know I think Comana will, will go up, and but it's just uh, if you go up, you're like to stay up, like similar to what Hearts done. Hearts went up, but Hearts Hearts had a far superior squad in the championship than what Kelly will have, and uh, I just think if if they are going to go up, they would need to anything an, an awful lot to, to stay there, uh, in my in my opinion. But it's a brilliant appointment, and uh, I think they'll be a kind of say get the fans back in in, in a couple of weeks, and they'll be a good buzz about come on up now with, with Derek McKinney. She's got his main uh, is it Doherty and Tony, Tony Doherty and Paul Sheeran in, in Paul Sheeran. So he's got his his man that was there at Aberdeen, I think. Mm-hmm. People will also want to come and play for him as well, but you, you may find that there's a lot of players that, that he played with, uh, that he, he managed at Aberdeen or something like that. Uh, if they go up, you could, you could uh, attract players that they maybe wouldn't have attracted with, with another. With, with, if Warren Feeney got the job, they maybe wouldn't have been able to attract that calibre right. of player. Um, on the air appointment, it was a bit kind of left field. It was, it was a, a field, last in the last couple of days, their name just got through in, and then it was that was that was it. It was there was a lot of names getting branded about for that job, and fair play to them because it could have been fans were demanding a, a manager. And they I think if Graham was it Graham Matthew, yeah, I think if he wasn't there, I think they could have maybe been forced to rush into getting somebody, yeah, uh, getting somebody else, maybe maybe sooner than what they have. But um, I think with, with him there, he's he's obviously been, been higher up with, with Hibs and stuff. So I think he's maybe brought a wee bit of calmness and composure. So if if we're doing this, we need to do it right and, and get the right man for, for the fit and stuff like that that, that they want it here. So fair play to them. And, and obviously, uh, they won with, with their, the interim manager yeah. and then they've, they've went and got a... A win yesterday. Beats Wraith and Abro in the last two games. It's Wraith so and Abro is exactly two so teams that are up there. So it just shows, and I was I was looking at the championship tables, there's really no many points. <coughs> First and fifth, there's, there's definitely no many points. I think it's six, but even, even uh, with Hamilton in, in there, below them, championship's one of them. I see if you go on a run with three or four or five wins, you, you end up up there, but also, it, again, if, if you go on a couple of losses, but I, I just think it's time that the manager, no, no Derek McGuinness, probably near the air manager, time because I know how how impatient the supporters are there and if that guy goes and loses three games, they're, they're on his back and that's just sometimes not what you need to give them the rest of the season, keep them up, which I'm, I'm really confident that he, would, he will keep them up anyway. But, uh, this six months, let them breathe in and, and get the way he wants to play, identify players that he wants to keep, one that he wants to offload the new players to get in and then judge them for next season going forward because he's inheriting somebody else's squad now. And, and if he and staying in that division and then building on next year is probably the you know, future plan is, is what they're actually looking at. He's probably, probably put a plan in place for, for next year if he stay up rather than this year, I think it'll just be keep us in the division and then and then go again. I think. Aye, but it's two impressive appointments for both Ian and Kumar, obviously, to 
a different end of the championship. We'll just start a couple other bits of news, obviously, before we get into our, our two main things in this show. Hibs have obviously been busy making some signings as well. Bodo, they went for a, a striker from Bodo Glimt, Ewan Henderson for Celtic on loan, and Harry Clark. Wilson, we'll quickly get your thoughts as well. That's big business for Hibs, obviously. Sean Maloney's getting his business done early as well. Yeah, I think when any new manager comes in, he wants to sign you know, players that he knows or players he's came across early doors, and he's obviously identified maybe what Hibs need. I think he might have to be prepared for a few bids for some of the players that he's uh, he's already got. So I think there'll be more ins and outs at Hibs, um, to be honest. But again, Sean, Sean needs time as well. You know, just because he's this kind of uh, big name in Scottish football and the, and the people he's worked under and the people he's worked with, it's not cut, cut and dry that he's going to be a great manager, you know? Um, so it, it, it's going to be interesting. The Hibs one interests me because Sean Mullen's name was mentioned you know for a lot of jobs um and he, he's, he's obviously been offered and take taking hibs but it'll be interesting to see what the kind of furor is about and you know i always think you know again he must be well respected if he's part of the belgian or he was part of the belgian setup but i don't think he's responsible for the way belgium play and how good some of the players are <laughs> you know so it'll be interesting but i think i think he, he'll need to bring in because i, I think he could possibly lose uh, one, one, one or two of the players he's got there but Against the same as any manager, you know, he's, he's got some deals done. He's kind of laying his markers down early, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch what goes on Eastern Road. On Clyde one, I was listening to Clyde last night, and there was, there was kind of murmurs of Martin Boyle, um, possibly Celtic or somewhere else. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, if I heard that there was, there was gossip about maybe going was to the Middle East or something. Yeah, the Saudi Arabian team. Yeah, the Celtic one as well. I don't think I, I don't think Celtic would pay three million for him. I heard that figure quoted. I don't think I don't know that he's not worth that. I just don't think. I, I just think he's. I just think Martin Boyle's here in Celtic's. The I just don't think he's. I'm not saying I, he's does not good enough. Does it go? Does it go straight into the Celtic I, team? Like I, 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 that's what I wonder. I think he's, he's really, really good. James Forrest at play wide. It would be a strange one, but. As I say, Celtic have bought tons of players from Hibs in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, w- it definitely wouldn't surprise me. I'll put it that way. I obviously, it's, we'll keep everyone up to date with, uh, with transfer news over the next couple of weeks. We'll obviously have a couple more shows between now and the end of the window. Let's get into our, our big things in the show this week. We'll cover the, the Championship League 1, League 2 in the next show as well. We'll get through all the all the leagues later on. But we've got a, we've got a wee bit of a challenge for the, the panel tonight. I'm going to get in on it as well. You might have seen a wee list that was going about the top 50 players of 2021 that was kicking about the, the tabloids in the past few weeks. It got a bit of attention. So we've decided to, we're not going to do 50 because we'll be here all night. All three of us, I think, will get work tomorrow. We're going to do a top five. A top five players of 2021. We're taking into account, obviously, from January to May, obviously, last season, and then basically August to December last season. So we've got a top five. I think we've all, we've not seen each other's, we've not talked to each other about them. Who wants to go first? Are, are we all doing five, all doing four, all doing three, all doing two, all doing one? Eh, could do. I probably yeah. just want to do they that. They just right? on the 50. I don't even think I can 50 good players. <laughs> <laughs> I had Danny McGrain in mine. <laughs> Aye, but obviously my top five. Well, Aye, I'll, go, I'll go first then for my, my number five. I put in just the aforementioned Martin Boyle. Okay. I think he had a, a, a decent season last year and he kind of he hit the ground running a wee bit this year and did well up until probably 
the kind of defeat in the League Cup final. Um, and then he's kind of filtered away a wee bit. Always think, always think, all, all opposition teams, when they know they're going to come up against Martinville, he, he has he has got great pace. He's blessed with great pace. So he can kind of manage it sometimes. I think some teams that are caught unaware then he exploits it, um, especially early in the game. Um, but the kind of better teams, I think, you know, Celtic Rangers kind of can, apart from that League Cup semi-final, enough they can match up against it because their defenders are just as quick. Um, so, but I did, I did think of a good season, chipped him a good few goals. It was probably Hibs a star man, probably from about January till oh, maybe September, October. But he's, he's made my top five anyway. So you're going for Martin Boyle. Martin Boyle five, right? Okay. Shankers, who you got number five? I've got Craig Gordon. Okay. Uh, I just think the, the last season, Hearts in the in the championship, it was probably instrumental in. And uh, and them coming up, boys, boys scored a lot of goals, but I think some of the saves, uh, Gordon, and Gordon's one of the ones. He, he's probably 10, 10 to fifteen sheets a, a season. How good a, a goal he is, and then I think he's fully that on this season definitely. Uh, how good he's been, and and not only that. I know it's, it's based in the Premier League, but he's been really good with, with the Arsenal team as well since he, since he came back in, into the fold. And I just think he's 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 uh, one of Hearts one of Hearts better players, even though he's a goalie and he's a captain of the club. And it's just I think just he's even his presence there. He's one of the ones that I can imagine demanding standards and stuff like that on the on the pitch and it, and it still to this day blows my mind how he's not still the Celtic goalkeeper uh, right now but he he gets in in mind I think he's had a, a really good uh, couple of years not just not just 2021 I think he's had a good a good couple of years uh, and I think he looks really comfortable back at Hearts uh, where he obviously after his football I think he, he looks kind of back at, at home now and, and really enjoying his football again so you've got Craig Gordon at number five. My number five... I can't I... wait to score by him in a couple of weeks either. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to bring me home his big jersey. <laughs> big frame. <laughs> I have got at number five, I'm going to put Glenn Kamara. I think the first half of the, the year, I think he's probably been the... He was probably one of Rangers' best players. Obviously, a real talent in midfield. I don't think he had the heights more in the second half of the year, but I think he's slowly coming into the game now. I think that under Giovanni Van Brockhorst, I think he's he's found his kind of real position again. I think I would probably have him at number five. So I'm going to have Glenn Kamara in there. Wilson, who's number four? Four, and again, I'm probably basing this more on January to May, but I've went for Steve Davis. Okay. Um, I, I think just... With the guys in midfield around them, I know they possibly get more press because they're more dynamic, but I still think the likes of Kamara, Aribo, guys, these guys get forward, etc., because of the security that Steve Davis provides. He's probably, in my opinion, again, one of the better technical players as well. You know, very rarely gives a ball away, good first touch, can pass forwards, side backwards. You know, I, I, I think, and he has been over his career, you know, he don't play that many games for top teams and have that many caps if you're not a really good player. Um, he possibly could have just got higher up, but I don't think he's maybe done a lot this season. Um, he's kind of went kind of anonymously through the season. He's not getting as much kind of paper talk um, about him as well. And I know Rangers are kind of blessed with a lot of players in that position, but 
Steve Davis, my number four. So Wilson's got Davis at number four. Shankers, who you got number four? I've got Joe Rebo at number okay. four. Uh, I think he's been he's been really good uh, over the last kind of year to eight, eighteen months uh, for Rangers. Last season, uh, I thought he was really good, and I was one of the ones thinking, "Is he is he just playing like this because there's no pressure to support us and stuff like that?" But then I think this season uh, he's probably been Rangers' best player, and he's he's really he's really come into it, and it's it's one of the ones where you worry now if it, if it goes in as a good African Cup of Nations. It's January, and you're thinking, no, they, they don't. I know they finish at the end of January, but uh, you're thinking if he goes and has a good African Cup of Nations, then chances are he's, he's not going to be playing with, with Rangers next season. And even even if he doesn't have a good uh, African Cup of Nations, even just the form that he's up this season, how good he is. He's, he's no, I, I would have to look at his numbers for goals and assists, but I wouldn't imagine it's, it's too that good for, for the. Attacking midfield role that he kind of plays, but it's it's other things. He's he's the kind of he gets the ball and, and makes things happen and, and gives the ball. He gets the ball in the middle and gives it to Kent Morelos, Hadji, Roof. He, he releases them and, and allows them to play. And I think a lot of that comes to like said Davis and Kamara behind him as well. But I just think he, he uses uses quality and uh, he's really come into his own, especially the second half of the year. Uh, this season, and he's probably been one of the kind of standards in the league so far. So, why he's in mind? Aribo number four for Shankers. I agree with you. Joe Aribo number four. I just think he's when he's went up a level this this season compared to last season. Although I thought he was pretty good last season, I think he has stepped up another gear. Probably one of the two best players in the league will come on to that later on. But yeah, he's. I think he's been he's went up another level this year. So I've got Aribo number four. Wilson, who's number three? Well, I've got Joe Aribo at number Joe three. Joe number three, <laughs> right, okay. Um, just, you've said everything about him. As I say, I think he's the better second half of the year. Yeah. Although he was very consistent last year, so that's why he picked Davis. So I've got Aribo at three. Aribo at three. Shankar, so you got at three? I've got Kyogo Furuhashi. Okay. Uh, I know it's 2021 and he's, he's only been here for five, six months or whatever, but I just think for where Celtic were, at the start of the year to where they are now, I think he's got a, a lot to do with that. And uh, I think he's he's brought a real... I, I don't think I've seen one player... It's as if he gives the likes of Ralston and all that. It's as if he gives he's a, a, all his teammates belief. But he's he's kind of almost been a breath of fresh air since he, he came in. And and I, I just think for what he's done in that short space of time, we will still get where to, to where they are now, and I just think he's got a lot to do with that. And, and that's it's easy to when you take everything into account of where he's came from, he came from Japanese football, uh, into Scottish football to the unknown, and then he's uh, and it's not just doing that, it's, it's doing that, and then and then coming and, and hitting the ground running and, and scoring the goals and getting assists. It, it looked as if he was playing through a uh, injuries at some point and then especially in that cup final I mean to the goals in the cup final the, the second one is is a world class goal and I just think he's been a breath of fresh air uh, since he came for uh, for Celtic fans and I just think that probably is enough to to merit him in, in my top three for, for what he's done for for the club in the short, such a short space of time uh, from so 
that's why he's in. So you've got Kyogo number three. At number three, I've got Martin Boyle. Wilson kind of explained why Martin Boyle should be in the top five. I think last season he was a big part of Hibs' success, particularly getting to the Scottish Cup final. People seem to forget, I know Jack Ross lost his job, but Hibs, Hibs had a really good start to this season. I would say Martin Boyle was probably the main man, obviously performance in the, the League Cup semi-final against Rangers as well. Obviously, maybe not the last the last month or so hasn't been the same, but yeah, I mean, for the first 11 months, you can't, you can't argue how good he's been. So I've got Martin Boyle number three in my list. Wilson, who's the runner-up? Who's second? Uh, number two, I've got Alan McGregor. Um, I think he was a massive part of the success for Rangers last year um, in winning the league. Um, and I think this year, you know, you can question the defence, you can maybe question his record this year, but they're still six points clear and he's a goalie. Um, I know he's kind of flitted in one or two games they've played McLaughlin, but Rangers just only the same team with John McLaughlin in goals. And I think he's a good goalkeeper, but he's just no way the level of Alan McGregor. Um, and as I say, I think Rangers gained a lot of points last year um, from Alan McGregor's saves late on in games, which shows his concentration. He's probably maybe only made this season maybe one, two saves a game. Whereas last season, some games Rangers were under the cosh mm-hmm. and he's made six or seven and basically guaranteed the points. So McGregor's my number two. You've got McGregor in the number two position, Shankers. Who you got in second? I've got McGregor as well. Okay. Uh, I love McGregor though. <laughs> he was writing that down as well. I know, I know. I got him. I'll just throw McGregor to be fair. McGregor, um, obviously, get made this season. He get he get made the cup. I think last season it was a poor season for Celtic overall. But I think he he picked one player that probably. Uh, probably kind of stood out for them and, and done well. It, it was him, and I think he had, this season when made the captain after after Scott Brown left, he had a lot to take on. And and I think Celtic, I know they're I know they're still behind in the league and stuff like that. But they've they've went and won a they've went and won a cup. Uh, I think he had a really good summer as well uh, with with Scotland. Yeah. So. Um, I think he's took on the, the kind of captain saying roll well when he's he, he looks like a real kind of leader when you're watching Celtic now. So uh, I think he's kind of taken everything into his stride. And it was one of the ones where if Brown stays on another another year and still the captain, it, does McGregor go? That kind of teams come in for him. There was talk of a Leicester coming in for him, stuff like that. Uh, and then he gets made the captain. He almost feels now that, that he will only leave Celtic. Uh, He'll be there for the rest of his career. That, that's the way you, you kind of look at it once he's been made captain. And, uh, so, and I think he's he's playing really well this year. I think he's one of the ones. I remember I used to say Celtic only the same team when Scott Brown's not playing. And I think that's the same with, with Colin McGregor when, when he's not playing. Uh, seen, I think it was the Johnson game. Uh, I think he maybe missed it. I was watching it and it was like, I think it was beat on and uh, was it beat on and in Turnbull and Rogic and I just feel that something's the sun's missing aye aye and, and I just think that's because of how good a player and how instrumental McGregor is in, in the way Celtic play and stuff like that and he's a hundred, hundred mile an hour but not in a bad way you know what I mean you get players that are hundred mile an hour and you want them to kind of chill out but I think he's like that but he's it's in, a, in a good way he's, he's all energy and the one I think he plays probably every single game 
in 90 minutes every single game uh, most seasons. So that's why he's in. So you've got Callum McGregor in number two. At number two, I've got Craig Gordon. Wilson's going to explain Craig Gordon well. Great season last season, getting Hearts promoted up to the Premiership. Obviously took back the Scotland number one jersey and obviously with the, the Premiership, he saved Hearts a few a few massive points as well. So Craig Gordon, for me, makes it the number two. Number one, Wilson, who is the best player of 2020-21 in Scottish football, in your opinion? It's Craig Gordon. Ooh, it's, it's Craig Gordon. Okay. Um, again, I, I think, again, and as a wee bit, can I touch on what um, Shankar said as well? I think with Callum McGregor, I think when it was done by um, the, the newspaper and it was on, it caused a big furor. I actually think a lot of Callum McGregor's Scotland performances were probably oh, going not. towards him um, be, being crowned and their number one as such. Um, and as I say, but I, I couldn't justify many Celtic players being in it because of how poor the previous season was. Now, again, to, to lose, you know, um, your, to your rivals by 20-plus points, whatever it was, just showed you the, the kind of shambolic season it was. And I think even Callum McGregor himself would say he probably never he, reached the dizzy heights from January to, to May. Um, but we've, we've spoken enough about Craig Gordon, but he's definitely my number one. I think he's outstanding. Craig Gordon, number one for Mark Wilson. Mark Shankland, who's number one in your list? I've got James Tavernier. Okay. Number one. Just saying, play for last season, uh, last season is the, like the captain and how much, how kind of monumental the season was. Uh I think he led, for example, really, really good. There's a lot of people who, who say that's because there's no supporters again. And you, you could argue that. It's, uh, you could honestly argue the case. There, there really is a case there, but I think he's carried it on uh, this season. I think his numbers for uh, assists and stuff like that, for, I know a lot of his goals are penalties, but it's mere assists. Uh, I think the way Gerard allowed him to play contributed to that. Uh, well, is, is, is Van Bronckhorst come in and he's, he's kind of doing that as well. I just hope, I think a lot of that, a lot of his good performances was to do with the fact that he did have somebody like Patterson behind, uh, yeah. behind him, kind of pushing him on. And I just think now that, that he's away and he's getting empty there, I just hope he doesn't get too composed and stuff like that and, and can almost think, well, who, if I don't play good, who's going to play for me? Can I, whereas I think it was a case if he didn't play well, there's an able replacement behind him in Patterson. I just think Captain Rangers to win the league last year, and then I just I was looking at his numbers uh, earlier on. I think he's got 10, 10 or 12 assists already this season, uh, and maybe five or six goals for, for right back. I just think he's had a, he's had a really good uh, 18 months, but obviously this is the day with 2021, and and captain Rangers to win the league in such a big season and then carrying it in next year and uh, as a captain as well. And and with fans back in the stadium, he's actually doing all right. So <laughs> that's why he's he's mine. No last, don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I've got Tavernier number one as well. I just think he's... Last season, I, I said, I think I said on here, he was my player of the year last season. I thought he was arguably the best player in the league. He's kept his stats going. He's been pretty consistent, obviously. Top assists. Six goals in the, the league this season. I know Wilson will say that a lot of them were penalties, but 
Probably all. <laughs> but obviously, I mean, he's, he's that talisman, he's that cap, that prolific captain that this could probably help Rangers as well. I go back to that. The, uh, was it St. John's time? The, the goalie won, the won that game against St. Johnson. Like, captain's player, just... Probably a penalty. No, it was a, that was the one that's <laughs> over his head. It was a brilliant goal. A lot of just uh, prolific. Obviously, if you're keeping part of a £13 million player out of the team, you must be doing all right. So, I have got Tavernier at number one. We should just say as well, what is a list for the for 2021? It's hard to it's hard to really pick a list for that, isn't it? Because you're taking two seasons into account in two halves. It's hard. No, it's a hard one, but I mean, I've I've just got I mean a couple of honourable mentions: Turnbull, Callum McGregor, Alan McGregor, Goldson, Boyce. They're five players that were were scrabbled off my top five. So if you if you want to have any honourable mentions that you felt you were were unlucky not to make it. Then. I, I, I mean, I think if you look at Mar- Morales as well, Nisbet, yeah. few few goals kind of over the piece. But again, I, th- I think with the guys we've mentioned that have kind of been consistent over yeah, longer periods of time right. than others, you know, a list or a team is going to look probably a wee bit different from, you know, August to December that we're going to do. You know, these guys, there'll be guys that are not mentioned in your top five from the full count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've made it into this team. So as it's... A good exercise to be fair. It was yeah. between uh, Tav and Porteous for me, but Tav just said, well, "He's a, he's a, he's the captain of my eleven. <laughs> right, let's get into that. How we how we want to do this? Do we want to just go individual? You can pick your one to eleven, or we'll just do that. I think that's probably better. We'll just you can right, okay, right, Shankers, you go first. What is your team of the season so far in the Premiership for twenty twenty one to basically now? Who's Who's been your team of the well, season? Am I saying my full team? Full See, just before I say this, on the transfers, I've seen a rumour that Rangers were interested in that young boy for PSG. Is it... Um... Xavi Simons. Aye. He's playing for them tonight. Aye, he was playing the other night. Yeah, well, I mean, in the shot window. In the <laughs> shot window. Aye. Jeez, oh, my opinion on that is, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think there's a, a Giovanni Van Bronckhorst link or, you know... Jeez, is he, is he Dutch or anything? The boy, yeah, no? I think he is Dutch, aye. Is he? But, That's but a good link. I, I, I think there's a lot of teams, to be fair, looking at Zabby uh, Simons. But right. What's your team of the season so far? I'll, I'll, I'll count how many I've got the same. Yeah, really that's what I'll do as well, actually. Yeah. Uh, Gordon. <laughs> There's one. <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, I've got Gordon, uh, Tavernier, Suter, Ryan Edwards of the United. Alvin Bassey, um, Boyle, McGregor, Aribo, Jota as a, as a midfield four, um, and Kyogo and Tony Watt up front. Okay. So you've got... I don't... Do need, Six. I don't, I don't know if you're wanting to dissect. Ken, I don't we can do that at the end. I mean, we can do this and he's in it for that. It's almost a bit self-exploratory. Strikers Aye. are in it for scoring goals. Defenders <laughs> are in it for being welcome. Aye, so we'll, what we'll do is we'll we'll see how many we agree on at the end and we can obviously debate a couple of why this guy should be and things like that. Wilson, what is your team of the season? First of all, what's your formation? 4-3. Four, oh, I was 4-4-2. 4-4-2. went the old-fashioned route. 4-3-3, four, four, three, three, but we've got versatility in there. Right, so it's uh, Craig Gordon, Tony Ralston, okay. Charlie Mulgrew, Ryan Porteous, and Calvin Bassey. Okay. Midfield three, Callum McGregor, Tom Rogic, and Joe Aribo. Okay. And up front, Kyogo Morales and Tony Watt. 
Okay. Uh, I forgot about oh, like Ralston and Rogic. Like, how you got a, a season they they've had? It's, it's a start to the season. That's a, it's, it's the start and the, the kind of hype, you know. So my team is Craig Gordon, James Tavernier, Cameron Carter Vickers, Ryan Edwards, Stephen Kingsley, a midfield three of Carl McGregor, Joe Aribo, and Ian Harks. And a front three of Jota, Tony Watt, and Kyogo Furahashi. So I'm just going through it now. We all agree on the goalkeeper. Yeah, Gordon's a stick on. Gordon's <laughs> a stick on. Aye. I don't think there's really it's any. Two, two to one for the right back. So it's stick to so me, like. me and Shankers have went for Tavernier and you went for Anthony Ralston. I'm just going to start with the Brazil scrabble now, Ian Harkson. Aye. Did you take a good corner or something? <laughs> <laughs> Needed somebody to cut the oranges. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Ian Harkson. Get him. Ah, he's sorry. He's, he's out. Get him. Get him. Anthony Ralston's an interesting one. Can I have a way, I, I've got to say, I've got to I, say, um, I'm not saying it's interesting, but I've got to say, Ken, that, was a, that could have been a close one. I, I, I didn't even think about him. But you know that you've mentioned it, but you've got to almost take into account to where he's where he was at, at one point to where he is now. Yeah, and and that was my thinking of it. Now, if somebody was to say to me right now, Kelly can get a right back, it's Anthony Ralston or James Tavernier, I'd be taking James Tavernier every day of the week. But from the start of the season to just now, from where Tony Ralston was, you know, and Lawrence St. Johnson not getting a game, and to come into the team, adapt well to the system, okay, chip in with a couple of goals, you know, I, I think he just deserved a, a, a wee bit of a mention. Um, so, but if I'd been outvoted 2-1, I wouldn't argue to be in his case in the well, team. Well, all me and Shankar have agreed on Ryan Edwards in centre-half and one of the positions we both went, we went for three different ones. Carter, Vickers, Suter, Mulgrew and Ryan Portis is in there as well. Who was Over, your, who's your other one, Wilson? For fullback. Well, I, I've I've got Mulgrew, Portis, and Bassey now. I could easily put Charlie Mulgrew at left back and Bassey in. I think he's done really well in there. Been, I was torn between Bassey and Kingsley. And, that, and, that, and that, that was my thinking on it. I, you know, I, was, I, could, I think Bassey's done well at centre half to be fair, mm. and he's a big athletic figure. Well, um, so Bassey hasn't really played for for August to December. That's the only thing. But I just. Uh, it was on my... I think Kingsley's probably just got my vote. I think he's probably been a big player for Hearts. Scored a few big important goals as well. Loves a free kick. But if you, if you both went Edwards over Mulgrew, that was a that was a toss of a coin. Well, unanimous in McGregor and Aribo, I think the midfield, two best players in the league so far this season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd be hard to argue that, to be honest. Right. Yeah. We've disagreed on the other position in midfield. I've went for Ian Harks. Tom Rogic, Wilson went for. Who did you go for again, Shankers in midfield? Well, I, I, I'm I, a, I was a two, so, Aye. You're so two I've just got right. a two. You just can play rock, paper, scissors for us. Basically. No being hacked anyway. So, so Rogic is in then, <laughs> and captain. I, I, I think Ian Hart was a big player for the day United at the start, of the start of the season. Maybe not so much the past few weeks, but I think he's been very underrated. Tom Rogic, Wilson, he's been a, a player who's been kind of rejuvenated under Posta Coglu. Do you think yeah. he's been... And I think, I think that's why I put him in the team. Right. You know, I, th- I think, you know, it used to be, you know, he played 60 minutes, you know, most <laughs> most weeks. 
And, you know, he wasn't getting much from him. He's not particularly done much since he scored that winner against Aberdeen at Hamden. I think the, the failed bid for 10 in a row season could have passed him by as well. But he's got a new lease of life. And he looks to be, and he's playing more 90 minutes now within him. I don't think his talent was ever in doubt, his technical ability. Um, again, I think the, I thought the cup finally was excellent as well. Um, so I, I think he just d- d- deserved the nod um, in there. And I just I, I think he's a very talented player, but maybe we should show him a wee bit more often. Shankers, we've we both agreed on Jota. I'm amazed Wilson didn't pick Jota. I thought he'd be a stuck on for Wilson. What has I been Jota that's impressed you, Shankers? His hair. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful hair. Ah, uh, yeah. I just think he's been he's been really good. I think he's direct uh, chances created, goals scored. So I just think he's he's been really good. And I think Celtic would be crazy not to at least attempt to sign him on a on a permanent deal. But the only thing is the worst thing I think about a loan player coming and doing well is attracts attention for everyone else. Yeah. And once they sign the contract, they become garbage. Once <laughs> <laughs> once the money's yeah. on, that's it, rubbish. So uh, just think, because he has they played for you know a good few weeks now, kind of out of my head to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I'm I'm all about goals, man. Right. We're all, we all agree. We all agree. Kyogo and Tony Watt. I think they're hard to to really rule out, and they're there to stack on. Yeah. Wilson, Alfredo Morelos. I am amazed you went for Alfredo Morelos. <laughs> Scores goals. Do you know what I mean? He's, go up until maybe a few weeks ago. I know, but he's, but he's he, I mean, he must have been the top what, three or four scorers last year. Nah. And he, he must be double figures this year, I would think. He's, I think him, Watt and Kyogo are running about the same. So, I just think I like a wee bit of aggression. I know it can be managed better sometimes. <laughs> I like a wee bit of aggression. And I, and I quite like, you know, when Gerard tweaked him and he dropped in a wee bit deeper. You know, he's playing balls around the corner, he's got pace beside him and all that. So, no, as people, he scores goals and that's that's all I'm looking for, my strikers. So, that's why he's in. So, team of the, that's been, that was been our team of the season so far in the Premiership. Send your thoughts in as well in the comments. Put, put them on Twitter and see who yeah. gets the most votes. Who's your top five? Who's your top five for 2021 as a calendar year? And who's been in your team of the season so far? What we're going to do is, before we wrap up the show, I'm going to put the guys on the spot. Give us a 2022 prediction, a New Year's prediction for this year in Scottish football. What's something that will happen in 2022? We'll go with Shankers to kick off. Oh, that's good. I go with him Put you on the spot. We'll give Wilson time to think. And I've I've got mine ready. Even if you pack it, I'm going for mine. Walking like Talbot will beat Celtic in the Scottish Cup final 1-0. Okay. When... A prediction as in like a like something a big a big prediction you've got that will happen in 2022 in Scottish football. It can be a team winning in the league, somebody's gonna get the golden boot, something's gonna happen and do that, something like that. I really wish you'd tell us just before we come on. Oh I would have had something for you. Um prediction will be but improvising this show. Uh, I've got a beauty for you. I've got a beauty. You go first, Wilson. I'll, I'll take the pressure off you, Shankers, right? Here, here is my prediction. By Hogmanay 2022, the two current old firm managers won't be the same as they are just now. 
I'm gonna say one that I've been getting spoiled for, right? Celtic will make the final of the conference. They want it. <laughs> what? I don't think they want it. <laughs> I couldn't get it else. It was ridiculous. So uh, Shankers, you've got you've got Celtic going to Tirana for the Conference League final. Imagine where? seeing that last year. Tirana and Albania. That, Albania, eh? I think it's in Albania, eh? I yeah. changed my mind. I don't think they were actually want to do that. <laughs> I don't think they will either. Uh, and f- further down the line, my prediction will be Derek McInnes will replace Steve Clark. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's maybe a more realistic one. Not ne- not next year because he'll still be taking Kelly into the well, top two. Another one I would I would say is that I think the Rangers team in the summer could get could get picked apart with with four, five, six players. Maybe no six, four or five players can gone away, teams coming in for them and stuff like that. And I think if Rangers were to go and win the league again, I, I thought maybe going win the league again, maybe the Scottish Cup, but maybe no even the Scottish Cup. If Rangers were to go and win the league again, I think they would they would struggle to keep like Aribo, Amara. If Barsi continues the way he's gone. Just even the presence of he, he suits English fit, but he's, he's big, physical, he's, he's quick over the ground as well. Looks like Golden's going to be away as well. Morelos maybe want to try something different as well. So I think the uh, Rangers team could get that's probably a more realistic one. Edit that Celtic one out. But and the, the Rangers. I'm still getting edited out. Well, Shankers are saying Celtic are going to Tirana in May. I've got two, right? I've got one that's a bit closer at home. I think one or more West of Scotland team will reach the next round of the Scottish Cup. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to nail my colours to the wall yet. What? What's um? Clyde Bank have got to. Clyde Bank, I think, play Annan if I'm right. Fancy Clyde Bank. and obviously use play Hearts. We'll touch about that next week. We'll do a wee preview on that next week. Darville, Darville. Um, I think a Broth could have a wee sticky patch now, and I think. I think that goes in favour of them. I think they lost. I think two Dowd- Anton Dowd's a huge loss for them. I think they lost two players that and nobody for them and, and how how well they've done so far. And I think even leave it losing two players like that is I'm not saying it's a a, a body blow to two players that were were doing really well for you and then they get, I think they were prepared, they would have been prepared for it happening because how well they were doing. Livingston's got about that. We're not scoring an awful lot of goals and we've got some doing loan scoring goals for the team that's top of the league below. Can I think they, that was inevitable that he was going to come back. The Falkirk one's a bit strange how Falkirk loaned somebody out to a team. Uh, weird, that. The league above when they're struggling in the league below. I really don't get that one whatsoever. Um, it's maybe how Gary Holtz left his position. So my first one is one or more West of Scotland teams will reach the, the next round of the Scottish Cup. My second one, that's my big one, Scotland will reach the World Cup in Qatar. Never even I, don't, that. I don't think that's a big one. I know, it's a massive <laughs> one. Scott, I, that's, um, my, that's my main one. Scotland will reach the World on. Cup in Qatar. Oh. I'm going to say Man City win the Premier League. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? What I'll say... That this this is the today with Scottish football. It's near a Scottish person. 
that Stuart will be in the Scotland squad for for uh, playoffs. It's a big call, I could see that. 17 that? goals in 25 games cannot go unnoticed. No, you still hold out hope. You still hold out hope that could be you one day. Where he, the, the Me, I. The route, the boss Stuart came for the same route. Do you know what I think? There's a big move in you yeah. yet. He done that four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Scott, I'm I'm sorry. And as much as I'm a massive fan of the Western Scotland teams progressing, I, I would I think I would go against that bet. Okay. I, I I think there's. I've not said on it. The on it. Could be. I, I well, as, as, please, as, much, as much as I, I, I would, <laughs> Talbot, Darvel, and Clyde Bank all, all to I, I think they're just possibly a wee step too far. We will preview them next week. Obviously, there's there's big games coming up in the next round, the Scottish Cup, and obviously the, the league will be back. We'll cover them in next week's show. That was obviously good to get back into the a normal routine after a winter break. We've done a wee bit of a, a challenge as well. Send your thoughts in as well on your team of the season and your top five for the, this 2021 so far. Thanks very much to the guys for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to be back on. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having us back. back. Good to Thanks be back. Thanks very much for everyone that's tuned in. Please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels and follow us on social media. Thanks very much, everyone. See you soon. Cheers.